It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, baby. Back at it again. Can't stop, won't stop. Situation going on. NFL Draft Bible Radio Show here. You there. Getting you primed, prepped, and ready for the upcoming 2018 season. But this is the 2019 NFL Draft Big Ten Prospect Preview Show. That's right. We're getting you ready for the 2019 NFL Draft right here in July. Nobody. Nobody does it like we do here at the NFL Draft Bible dot com, bringing you the names you need to know first since 2002. You already know how we do. If you're a long time listener of the show, welcome back. If you're a new time listener to the show, glad to have you. I'm one of your hosts, R.I.C. in the place to be, Rick Saratella, telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft. So uh, we have the SEC preview in the books. We have the ACC preview in the books. Today will be the B1G preview, which, appropriately enough, uh, we knocked out the ACC preview show last week. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it while the ACC media days were going on, it's appropriate because B1G media days were this week. So now we can talk about all the buzz, all the hype. Everybody smells roses in July, but camp is coming. August is around the corner. If you're a team playing in week zero, begins this week for you. Uh, if not, camp begins next week. But the NFL camps are open. College football media days are rocking and rolling. Big, big, big props. Big shout out to the Northeast Conference for having us and uh, incorporating us into a part of their media day once again at the MetLife Social Media Day our fourth year back and uh i think we did a pretty good job of bringing you some names you need to know there so uh check us out on the twitterverse at nfl draft bob we have all the interviews up there locked and loaded of course all our new scouting reports i mean nobody has in-depth scouting reports like we do you can get that on the nfl draft bible.com as well and uh you know just check us out at nfl draft bible on twitter we do a pretty good job of putting everything we do up on there if you're listening to blog talk radio itunes stitcher all that good stuff we appreciate it once again rick saratella here to navigate the situation over here the flow of the show uh with these two guys first up we have joe everett you can follow him on twitter at joe w everett never leaving a stone unturned uh out there in indianapolis joe always holding it down for us what's Moving and shaking this week for you, Everett. Oh, everything. The season's starting already. You got IDP projections for insider football. You doing the media days. We got the conference previews. It's It, it really feels like uh, the reset button has officially been hit and hit hard. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, full steam ahead. You know, they call me the body surfing champion of the world over here at the Jersey Shore. We're steamrolling towards 
the season, like I steamroll towards the beach. You know, I got to pick myself up, wipe the seashells off my chest, the sand out of my eyes, the lifeguards coming over. Are you okay? I said, no, we just take it to the beach, baby. Um, Justin Gamble out there in Colorado. I don't know if you're getting that Jersey Shore love, but I know you're getting a lot of love on the Twitterverse and a lot of hate, too, with your comments and some of your observations. But I love it. I dig it. It's fresh to see somebody with an independent mind. The NFL draft has been become such a copycat industry. Justin Gamble always dropping a hammer on him. We welcome him on to the show right now. Justin, how you doing? <laughs> Just soaking up the sunlight here in Colorado, baby. And, you know, Twitter, we've known each other for, what, five years now? I think we know what to expect when the season rolls around, what to expect on Twitter. So that's nothing new. But, hey, Big Ten has some big prospects. I didn't really know it till I kind of dug in these last two weeks. And they got some guys that are coming out of nowhere, man. They got some quarterbacks. I'm excited to talk today about some of these guys. Yeah, we have uh, 30, let's see, 33 players selected in the 2018 NFL draft from the Big Ten Conference, including four first-round picks. 21 guys on day three, surprisingly. So Big Ten uh, making waves this past year on day three of the draft. But as I mentioned, if you haven't listened to our prospect preview shows, uh, we started off with the SEC, then the ACC, and today is the B1G. Uh, SEC produced 53 draft selections, ACC 46. Big 1032. We'll be back next week to talk about the Pac-12, who has their media day today, I believe. We saw a glimpse of it yesterday. Uh, Chip Kelly, Mike Leach trading barbs. Uh, Some entertaining coaches there in the Big 12, or the Pac-12, I should say. So we'll talk about them. They had 30 draft picks. But today's all about the B1G. And with the media day, fellas, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, the Big 10. They do their um, preseason all all honors selection. They pick ten players, uh, five from the east, five from the west. Uh, I'll start off here, you know, with you, Justin, the Big East five: Rashawn Gary, Brian Lewerke, uh, Nick Bosa, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, Trace McSorley. I think uh, Lewerke is an interesting guy that I saw on there, but I'm curious with McSorley. Lewerke at Michigan State, maybe not so much, but we saw Baker Mayfield go number one overall. Justin, Trace McSorley, a lot of similar traits, also a similar size stature. Uh, Has Baker Mayfield busted down the door for some of these smaller quarterbacks, such as a Trace McSorley? Is he an NFL prospect for you? Well, Baker Mayfield might have done something for the short quarterback stigma, but I don't think it – applies to McSorley because I think McSorley is really not an NFL prospect. I mean, the kid can't really – I mean, the first thing that stands out when you watch him is he's a pusher. He pushes the ball. He doesn't really have a nice release. He can't spin it. Um, You know, when he's forced to throw from a different arm slot, the ball comes out with almost no spiral. And, I mean, you you can just see that he doesn't really have any type of whip. He doesn't really drive the ball. There's just not a lot to like from him other than he's a gamer and he can run. But as a pure passer and NFL prospect, I don't see it with McSorley at all. Um, Lewerke is a different story. Um, you know, he kind of popped out of nowhere last year, led the Spartans to a 10-3 record, I believe. And uh, there were a few games where you could see the potential that he has. I mean, he can 
make all the throws. That's a cliche term that we, you know, a phrase that we always use with quarterbacks, but the kid's got a cannon. He can sling it a little bit and he's not afraid to throw it into some tight windows. Uh, he's far more mobile than I think people give him credit for. There's, you know, you know, and coming out of East Lansing, they run a pretty pro style system over there where he's comfortable. He's made three, five, seven step drops. He understands timing. He understands rhythm. He understands, you know, how to anticipate, uh, I think there's a lot to like with him. He's 6'3", I believe, is what he's listed at. I don't know if he's going to measure in at a full 6'3", but from Lewerke, there's just a lot, a lot to like. I think if anyone's the dark horse, you know, to come out and bust into the first-round party, it might be this guy. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not calling it this early. I'm not going to throw a hot take like that out there, but he definitely has tools where we could see a meteoric rise from another guy like Mayfield did last year. I think Lewerke could be that guy this year. Yeah, we will. We'll see what he measures in. I have him slightly under six foot two, but we shall see. Um, still grown in college, like some of these other guys here. Uh, Joe, I let you weigh on the quarterbacks because everybody wants to know about quarterbacks. But the Big West, they're five. Uh, Noah Fant, the tight end from Iowa. Stanley Morgan Jr. from Nebraska, wideout. Patty Fisher. A good-looking sophomore there at uh, Northwestern. T.J. Edwards, of course, from Wisconsin. And Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. I know we've we've spoken about the running backs, uh, some of these underclassmen running backs, Joe, on previous shows. I mean, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor, I mean, these are some uh, sensational sophomore running backs. Who would you rather have between those two in terms of NFL draft prospects and also your thoughts on the quarterbacks that we were talking about? Well, tackle those uh, running backs first, man. Um, I'm going Jonathan Taylor tailback. Uh, I think that kid's going to win a Heisman Trophy potentially with that offensive line. Uh, the right side was all American. Uh, the entire line's all Big Ten. Uh, that 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 kid's yeah, he's he's hell on wheels this year. Nothing against Dobbins though. I think um, I may get into a little trouble saying this, but. Watching him, I think he's it's blasphemous, but he's a lot like Ezekiel Elliott in two respects. And I credit Justin for pointing this out when Elliott was, uh, a, a, you know, in that draft class. It's like, well, he really doesn't have the, the top gear, but he gets there real fast. I, I mean, he just torques up from zero to 60 in a heartbeat. And Dobbins, I think, is a lot like that. I, I don't, I don't think he's the uh, athlete Elliot is, or the specimen. Not nearly the blocker. He's not as physical, but uh, boy, he's got that. Uh, like, like I said, zero to sixty, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger chimes in. This is the vehicle's top speed, and someone catches him from behind. But uh, Dobbins is going to be a good back. I just, I just rather have Jonathan Taylor and. Uh, yeah, those quarterbacks, uh, Justin took the words out of my mouth. I think McSorley's a good player. He's just a college QB. He's that dual threat guy. They they run the zone read over there. He's fairly accurate, but I do not see an NFL arm, and I'm a big fan of Lewerke as well. I think say what you want against Lewerke, what he can't do, but he, uh, Nate Stanley from Iowa, and, and you know Hornibrook to a lesser degree, one thing I know about all three of them guys, they can take snaps from under center. You're going to have to teach them a, a five-step or a seven-step drop. They're doing that now. So uh, that's what they have already ahead of McSorley uh, besides height, besides physicality, and besides like I, I see a, an NFL arm potential from Lewerke. I mean, we'll see what happens this year. A lot could go on. But uh, give me 
any one of them three before McSorley. And, yeah, I mean, maybe that'll be a freezing cold take, but I, I don't care. I'm just not seeing an NFL guy right there right now. Okay, there you have it. Uh, Joe Everett never leaving a stone unturned. Justin Gamble always dropping a hammer on him. At Gam Scout he is on Twitter. Of course, R.I. seeing the place to be. Getting it underway here. B1G, oh, man, this is going to be exciting, guys. Uh, we'll do um, – We'll take the upperclassmen, then we'll do the underclassmen, and then anybody else left over will go from there. Uh, we try to give you the full perspective here. Now, obviously, I uh, rattled off the Big Ten preseason honorees, a lot of pro prospects. I'm sure these guys will get around to some of those guys in their analysis. But let's start it off with you, Joe, in terms of upperclassmen, Senior and junior prospects, whether you want to take them one at a time. We freestyle here on the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show, but hit us with some names that we need to know for the 2018 season. Yeah, this is tough, guys. I mean, we could just do, like I said with last week, just a Clemson show, we could do an Ohio State show, a Wisconsin show. I think uh, Wisconsin's got a real good team, and I think their line, you've got to start with uh, Ben Shawell. Bo Benchow, I think he's just a nasty. I don't care where he gets drafted, but he's finishing plays. He just enjoys dominating guys. Uh, he's, he's the classic power scheme is what he needs to play in at the next level. I think the Chargers, the Ravens, the Cowboys probably looking at Bo Benchow thinking, like, where could we get him? How does he fit into our plans? Because we'd like to have him in the zip code. Uh, and then his teammate Dieter, uh, probably the he's he's really athletic, uh, just a people mover. I think his some of his best footage. You just watch him in the Big Ten championship game against Nick Bosa. He didn't he didn't win all those, mind you. He lost some, but he won his fair share and just battled with what I think is a future NFL player. Held his own more than some. Uh, and then Ohio State. I, mean, I don't know where to start. Like but Paris Campbell, I think he's a senior that needs to be brought to the. T- I don't know what he's gonna be. I think he's kind of like uh, – he's not Curtis Samuel. He's not nearly as fast as that, but he is dynamic. I think he might be like a Randall Cobb since he's more of just an OW, kind of an offensive weapon right now. But I think he could make an impact as that kind of role, just get him on reserve uh, reverses, get the ball in his hands because he is just kind of the – well, just Ohio State's dripping with him. they got special athletes um, – Probably going to your neck of the woods, Rick, the Rutgers corner. Blasson Austin, another senior. I don't I even know. think he even played. He didn't even play he last was. year because I think it's an ACL. That's yep. his knee, but uh, prototype size, if he just could get his act together, that that's an NFL corner that I'm seeing. Um, Michigan State's got another senior. I just want to stick to the seniors because they deserve it. Uh, LJ Scott. He's a knucklehead. He's been into trouble. So he's a little bit like Le'Veon Bell. He's got a size of Le'Veon Bell, but not nearly the same style. Uh, He's got real good vision. He's got the size, good timing. He's just not as sudden. He won't take plays the distance, but LJ Scott's a power back. He just has that right through contact. Um, He just gets behind the pads well. And he's a pretty good receiver for being a big a uh, big old kid. The only problem with Scott, like I said, off-field and then also fumbling issues, I think he put five balls on the ground just last year. So that will follow him no matter where he goes. Um, yeah, just tons of seniors. Uh, the guy, I think, uh, the receiver group, uh, I probably have to talk about Stanley Morgan, Nebraska. I think he's a really athletic kid. Great concentration. He, I think he's kind of stiff. 
he's not as fluid as you like, but he's just such a thick kid. He's a real strong hands, one-handed catch for days on Stanley Morgan. Um, I think he's a day three pick right now because, like I said, there's just something like he looks like a souped-up Dwayne Bow. So I don't know if that's a compliment or a diss or, or what. Um, and then the the Wisconsin defensive tackle, we got to throw him out. He's the kid that does the 346-pounder, does the backflips. Uh, he's also on the cheerleading team and plays a mean ukulele, but the uh, Olive Sagapolu, I think is his name. Uh, he, he's, he's an interesting case. He's not as strong as you'd think he'd be at 346, but he makes up with the athleticism. Watching him stunt uh, and just watching him see the play develop while he's blitzing, it's, uh, it's definitely you can see the athleticism. And I, I should close it out with the sound the horns, boys, because I found a sleeper. I've been waiting on this kid for three years. Shaden Meters, wide receiver at Illinois. He is a transfer from App State, did not play last year, had to red shirt for the transfer rules. But in 2016, he was second team all Sun Belt. I watched him torch fools at App State. He's just so smooth, clean release. He's, just, he's like a lot like Kenny Stills. He just could rely on his speed and, and his footwork and that'll get him open. Um, just a knack for separating and a great over-the-shoulder catch. Uh, the, the ball skills are all there. I think Meters, he's just, uh, I don't care where he is, where he ends up, he's going to make plays. He just he takes plays the distance. And fortunately, he kept his number from App State, so the nickname Quick Six is going to stick. It's just unfortunately in Illinois right now. I think Shaden Meters, uh, everyone probably forgot who he was, but if you're listening, Shaden, you can't escape me. I will haunt your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Joe Everett just dropping all kinds of knowledge and nuggets and names, and that's what he does here on the NFL Draft Bible uh, Big Ten preview show. We're talking about 2019 prospects. We're talking this year, next year, and beyond. Uh, just a couple of follow-up notes on some players that Joe mentioned here, we're talking seniors for the time being, Stanley Morgan Jr., of course, maybe not everybody, but at least Joe and I remember his father over there at the Patriots Hall of Fame wide receiver, uh, Stanley Morgan Sr. Um, also, you mentioned Paris Campbell. I mean, just from a special teams point of view, I mean, this guy's going to get drafted somewhere uh, just from what he brings to the return game, and then L.J. Scott, I agree. I like him. He's a good-looking player. Made a splash early on in his career there for the Spartans, but the fumbling issues, the fact that he's a bigger back, maybe not going to wow people at the combine. I think he's going to be a day three steal bargain type of guy, maybe a a Jonathan Stort type of runner. Um, Michael Dieter, Wisconsin, you mentioned, Joe. I mean, let's be honest. If you need an offensive lineman next year, just – draft a Wisconsin offensive lineman. I think like four out of five yeah. of those guys are, are preseason All-Americans. But Dieter, I mean, this guy, he's played tackle. He's played guard. He's played center. I mean, this guy can play any position. Uh, so you got to love the versatility. Of course, Blesson, Austin, uh, the cornerback, along with Tariq Cole on the offensive side of the ball for Rutgers are probably, uh, in terms of seniors, the two guys that will will generate the most interest from uh, NFL scouts and, um, you know, this Chris, Chris uh, Ash era and some of the things that are happening here in Jersey, it's, it's uh, to be determined. 
Well, it remains to be seen if we're going to get out of this dark era of Rutgers football. Um, you know, some unfortunate situations going on, but we shall see. Uh, Ash always working the uh, transfers. It looks like they finally have a quarterback there. But bless on Austin, Tariq Cole, two guys there from Rutgers worth noting. Of course, you know, how many years have you been listening to the show out there? You know I'm going to represent Jersey. I mean, come on. I don't get a chance to do it, but when I do it, I do it as much as I can. Um, Justin, let's just keep it strictly seniors here. Uh, so much talent to go around. Let's talk senior prospects for this Big Ten conference. Who do you got for us? Seniors, seniors. So we got the cornerback from Penn State. Let me let me not butcher his name or or am I hang on. Amani Oruwariye, I believe is probably how you pronounce it, but I I, I might be wrong. Redshirt senior. We'll roll with that. Uh what's that? Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll we'll roll with that. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. But this kid, uh, you know, I heard about him and I heard he's kind of a bigger dude, like six one, two oh five. So, you know, going in I didn't expect him to be much more than that typical, you know, maybe like cover three type corner who big dude could run a straight line. But when you turn on the tape, this kid's twitchy, uh, athletic and smooth. Uh, I had a buddy drop some notes on me as well. He said, mirror as well, has really good change of direction for his size. So I went in and checked it out. And I mean, kid can play. Looks like a starter in the NFL. He's not too grabby for a big dude. You know, sometimes in and out of breaks, these big guys tend to reach out and tug on some jersey. But uh, I think this kid's going to kind of explode onto the scene. And, you know, I only heard his name two weeks ago or something like that, but going to have to do some more digging because redshirt senior, when you're this talented and you're a redshirt senior, you're still in school, that sometimes it raises a red flag for me. Like, why haven't you come out yet? Where have you been? But uh, so far, just from what I saw last year, the kid has, the kid's talented. Um, big corners are never going to be out of, you know, they're never going to go out of style in the NFL. You can't have enough of them. So, I would expect this kid to make a little rise up the boards. Um, a few under-the-radar names, Karan Higdon, the running back from Michigan. Uh, I think he's like 5'10", 190 is what he's listed at, but um, loose. Kid's loose. When he gets the ball, it's like, you know, he can kind of just jog up to the line, knows what he's going to do, but, you know, doesn't really give anything away to the defense. And I noticed that he can make people miss and get upfield in a hurry. Uh, it's just kind of a pleasure to watch because some of these runners that you don't hear about, you know, you go and expect in day three talents or just undrafted talents. But I think this kid's got some juice. He's got some ability. He's got the ability to catch the ball well. Um, and I'm excited to see if he gets a little bigger role this next year, gets some more carries, and shoot, hopefully we see some, we see, you know, some names add to this running back class that doesn't look too deep at this point, but is what it is. Ohio State has a few uh, redshirt guys. Richard senior cornerback, Damon Arnett. Last year, I kept seeing this kid pop people on tape, and I was thinking he's probably one of their safeties. But, you know, when I turned on the film again, he's a corner, and he's not even that big of a dude. I think he's like 190, 195 or something like that. But uh, it lays the wood on everyone around him. Uh, he looks fast. I don't think he's as fluid as some of the other corners we've seen come out of Ohio State, like Lattimore or Ward. But, I mean – um, when you watch him play from a side shuffle and break on the ball, not a lot of guys can do it with the kind of twitch and tenacity this kid has. So 
Um, you know, Ohio State keeps pumping out corners. They got another corner that we'll talk about later in the show as an underclassman. But Redshirt Jr., Damon Arnett. Um, let's see. Who else we got? I like the the corner, the wide receiver out of Nebraska as well. I know Joe touched on him, but uh, Stanley Morgan, contested catch maven. This guy doesn't create a ton of separation. Is not nearly as fluid as you would like, like Joe said. But um, I think you know in the NFL he's either going to be a big slot type or he's going to be one of those you know intermediate route possession types because he's got strong hands for days. Concentrates. He played with Tanner Lee last year, who you know obviously isn't the best quarterback we've seen come out of college but still put up numbers grabbed you know some really rough balls that you think you know this kid's going to get popped and sure enough he'd grab it over the middle get destroyed get up and do it again um and you know fade to the back of the end zone I think he had a catch on I think it was Denzel Ward where Ward's draped all over him but you know still comes up with it so there's some good looking seniors in this class um not nearly as many as our underclassmen which we'll get to but Big Ten's pumping out some guys this year for sure yeah, we'll get to the underclassmen in a minute. Uh, talking Big Ten prospect seniors with Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, of course, Rick Saratella here. Uh, senior players, let's see who I got here in my notes. I mean, we should probably mention TJ Edwards there at Wisconsin, uh, a top inside linebacker prospect. I mean, listen, the guy has 38 career starts going into his senior season. That's incredible. He's going to finish probably with 50 games started. Uh, by the time he graduates. And, you know, between him and his teammate Dakota Dixon back there solidifying the middle of that Badgers defense, I mean, uh, Dakota Dixon, not going to wow you, uh, not going to out-test anybody, but just an instinctual, pure football player. 131 tackles last year. I mean, between him and Edwards, it probably accounts for half of the Badgers' tackles. And let's be honest, I mean, listen – Wisconsin, we hear it every year playing in that Big Ten West. They steamroll steamroll through the division, and then, you know, it seems like someone always comes out of the East. But, I mean, this is the year. I mean, they got both sides of the, the ball up front, um, a lot of senior team team leadership. The, the lefty quarterback there, Hollybrook or whatever his name is, he's got to step up and deliver. But, I mean, if Wisconsin's ever going to do it, I, I, I was a little bit of a believer last year on the hype train um, before I fell off and hit my head on the side of the road. I mean, this has got to be the season for those guys. Um, so, you know, Wisconsin's pumping out some talent. Let's see, senior players here on my notepad. Clayton Thorson from Northwestern, a lot of people high on this quarterback. Um, you know, listen, I'm not so much. And we have a full in-depth scouting report on Clayton Thorson up on the NFL Draft Bible.com. You can just search for him and get more analysis from us on him. I just don't see um, an NFL signal caller. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I was wrong. Uh, you know, I didn't think Trevor Simeon was a starting corner quarterback. He's not right now, but he did for a period of time. So you never know. Um, but Clayton Thorson not playing last year. We shall see what he does this year. Um, how about a couple of sleeper running back prospects that I have? Uh, but before I get to them, because everybody loves offense, let me just do a little tease there for you. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Chase Winovich is a guy I've been asked to kind of scout and talk about and you know, he debated coming out early this past year's draft. I think he made the smart decision coming back for his senior season. I think, you know, when I watch him, 
doesn't have too much of a pass rush repertoire if that's what he's trying to do. He's got to mix it up a little bit more, incorporate some more uh, better hand movement, better hand placement. He's got to stop trying to bull rush every single down. Um, that's what he's doing. And let's be honest, when Rashawn Gary's playing on the inside, and I have a another good name for a bust-out player for you on that Michigan defensive line I'll talk about later in the show. Look at that, two teasers in the same sentence. But Chase Winovich, I mean, listen, right now I think he's – just outside the top 100, he's probably a mid-round guy for me, but he, he could improve his draft stock if he improves his skill set. We'll see what he did this offseason. And then uh, Jesse Annabonum from Maryland kind of fell off the radar last year, I believe, due to an injury. Uh, this guy's played a 3-4 outside backer. He's played 4-3 hand-in-the-dirt defensive end. He does get after the quarterback. He's a very underrated pass rusher, not only in the conference but in the nation. Jesse Annie Bonham, another guy uh, we have a full in-depth scouting report up on the website if you want more information on him. Over to my senior running backs. Uh, I don't know. I just – Again, probably a day three guy, but a day three value. I love day three guys. I love undrafted free agent players that make your 53-man roster. I think that's where the blood and guts of your team lies. I think that's where general managers really, truly make their money. Uh, Rodney Smith from Minnesota is a guy, again, just not going to put up eye-popping numbers, not going to jump through the gymnasium, but just a tough gritty between the tackles type of back who can carry the workload. And, you know, listen, there's nothing wrong with having a guy like Rodney Smith as your backup running back in the NFL. You could probably get him on day three, uh, maybe undrafted. Who knows? The running back is always funny depending on how many underclassmen declare and back over to Maryland for another sleeper. Ty Johnson, again, flirted with declaring early, um, you know, was it a good decision, bad decision? I don't know how much he'll improve his draft stock this year. One thing I can tell you, this guy's a burner. He's an explosive big play waiting to happen. Um, Ty, Ty Johnson from Maryland, I would be shocked, shocked if he doesn't get drafted. Um, but, again, the running backs are funny. You take a guy uh, like Ralph Webb from Vanderbilt in the Patriots camp, undrafted, started four years at Vanderbilt, ran through the SEC, goes undrafted. That could be Ty Johnson. I don't know. All I know is Ty Johnson could play for me any day of the week for certain. Uh, last one, Michigan State tight end Matt Sokol. Uh, who? <laughs> Matt Sokol, yeah. You know, listen, there's still a need for blocking tight ends, believe it or not. Uh, teams do need that, and Matt Sokol from Michigan State is a guy that can provide that for NFL teams. A little bit of a weak class for tight ends this upcoming season. Um, so, hey, a little bit long-winded there, but, hey, we're bringing you the names you need to know because that's what we do here at the NFLDraftBible.com uh, podcast series. We are talking B1G with Justin Gamble, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, here, you there. All right, fellas, uh, we got the seniors out of the way. Let's talk about some of these draft-eligible underclassmen, juniors, redshirt sophomores, and then we'll save um, the impact, you know, freshmen and sophomores, true freshmen and sophomores, impact, bust-out players, whatever you want to call them. Save that for the final segment. Justin, this time I'll start it off with you. 
juniors, redshirt sophomores, draft eligible prospects for the upcoming 2019 NFL draft here in the Big Ten Conference. We got a lot of these guys. We got some blue chippers too. But uh, let me start with some under-the-radar guys. Uh, we touched on him earlier, Nate Stanley, the quarterback from Iowa, uh, 6'5", 215, touchdowns last year, four interceptions, or six interceptions, excuse me. Um, I noticed him live last year, and then when I went back and watched him recently, I just can't get over the tool set that this kid has. Uh, I have in my notes written down easy arm talent, easy mechanics. Um, he can change his arm slots. He's, he was a four-year starter in high school at basketball and baseball. And he, you can tell he's got that arm where he can kind of just that arm sling it. He can throw off base. He doesn't have to have the same, you know, platform or arm slot for every single throw. He understands trajectory. I mean, there are tosses where he guns it in there on a slant or a dig route, you know, where the window's tight and he knows he has to get the ball on his guy's chest in a hurry. But there's also throws where you can see he's thrown it into, you know, Tossing it into the bucket, throwing it over a defender. Um, he throws some nice fades to the end zone. There were some touchdowns that he had where he's anticipating, you know, his guy's even, but he throws it a little deep and a little outside, and his guy can go run and get it. And, you know, the defender has just absolutely no chance. Uh, again, and, you know, coming from Iowa, he's comfortable, three, five, seven step drops. He can do all the pro stuff like that. Um, you know, they run. NFL-style protections over there. He's under center a lot. There's just a, This kid has the pedigree, I think, to become a big riser and shoot up the boards like, you know, Mayfield or some of the guys we've seen recently do it. Um, I don't know how he's still so under the radar. I think it's because he plays for Iowa. And, you know, they don't get a whole lot of attention when it comes to big-time guys as of late. But I think this is – Nate Stanley is the real deal. I think he's going to make a bigger – I think he's going to be a high draft pick when it's all said and done. So there's my hot take for the day. Um, yeah, love him, love him. And Burning we got up Shea Patterson. I know. Uh, quarterback, <laughs> we'll keep rolling quarterback. Shea Patterson from Michigan, too, uh, the Ole Miss transfer. Uh, I think he's got some tools to become um, definitely a draftable guy. He's got the arm talent. He's got the mobility. Come from Ole Miss, though, they kind of just run a schoolyard BS system over there where there's not a lot of timing, there's not a lot of structure, there's, they don't stress footwork or drops or anything like that. So he's going to be raw. I know he's coming in to play under Harbaugh, so he's going to learn all the pro things. But right now I think this is going to be a really raw prospect, and he's going to struggle a little bit. But I think the tools are there. So, you know, my eyes are on him for sure. Uh, and then there's a cornerback for Ohio State that I really like, um, Kendall Sheffield. This kid was an Alabama commit. He, he went there. He uh, then transferred to Blinn Junior College uh, and then over to Ohio State. But this kid broke the Ohio State record in the 60-meter. He ran a 6.663 60-meter dash. That was a 23-year-old record that he shattered there and uh, was a consensus five-star prospect. I mean, this kid has all the makings of the next – top freaking, you know, 10, 15 pick at corner. Uh, once again, Ohio State putting another guy out there. But, I mean, on tape, he is twitchy. He has long speed. He's fluid. There's nothing really to not like about this guy other than he's a little undersized. I think he's in the 180s department as far as his weight goes. But he had nine pass breakups last year, second on the team, only to Denzel Ward, who was the fourth overall pick. Uh, I think, you know, Ohio State, man, they are coming back with two more corners that – are absolutely shut down caliber. 
you know, three years in a row. So eyes up for these dudes. And then one running back I want to talk about that's a junior, Miles Sanders from Penn State. Uh, last year I caught him live a few times when, you know, Barkley would come out of the game, they'd throw in number 24, and this kid can play. I think it's kind of that thing where, like, in Friday Night Lights when Booby Miles goes down or whatever – and then, you know, they think their season's screwed, but then Waterbug comes in and carries the team. I think this kid is Waterbug. Gomer. I think this kid, <laughs> Gomer, uh, you know, you watch him, and he's more physical than Barkley. He runs with more tenacity. He looks for contact. And he's not, you know, unathletic or anything. He can, he can shift. He can shake guys, and he can get up. Don't think that just because they lost Barkley that, you know, they are completely depleted and they're completely screwed at running back. This kid can straight up play. And uh, I'm excited to see if he has a big, big-time breakout year because he looks like an NFL back. He's got the size. He's got the frame. He's got the power. He, you know, their system isn't beautiful for translating running backs. But, I mean, he, this kid takes it between the tackles, and he's got the vision. He can burst into the second level. He's not, like again, like Barkley, who kind of tiptoed and tried to make guys that miss. This dude wants to punish people. He wants to get upfield. So, um, yeah, hopefully he has a breakout year. And, again, this running back class doesn't look too deep, but I think the more and more that we dig in, some of these guys are, are coming out, and maybe we can add some more names to the list. So um, I'll send it over to Joe. I left some big names out there for you, Joe. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Bosa, Gary, and some of these other top guys. Well, wait, 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 before we do that, let me just follow up <laughs> on some things here because, you know, listen, uh, I, I got to get my two cents in here now. Listen, hey, um, I knew it was coming. you know, first off, you mentioned the running backs. Let me tell you something. This is the conference of running backs. I got some guys I haven't unleashed on you yet. Um, but, you know, you mentioned some things there. You know, these Blinn College transfers, I mean, they just – they've got players coming out of the woodworks out of Blinn College. I don't know if I'm a big-time program. I'm, I'm, I want to find out – you know, listen, you're playing out Blinn for a reason. So, you know, there might be a little bit of a record there or some stuff in the background. But, hey – they're producing players and uh this Chase Patterson, I mean, I'm really intrigued, highly recruited, coming out of high school, of course, transferring from Ole Miss, but I'm really uh excited to see what Jim Harbaugh is gonna do with him. Because you know, Jim Harbaugh uh, maybe not so much with Wilson Spite, but I mean this guy works wonders with quarterbacks, so that should be very interesting to see how that develops. Um I won't steal all of Joe's thunder. Mike Weber, uh, a junior running back that we haven't talked about. I mean, this guy has 4-2 speed. Um, so he's going to have an incredible combine workout. And then on the other side of the ball for Ohio State, Draymond Jones, just another highly rated guy that we uh, would be remiss if we did not mention. But Joe, still a lot of big name uh, juniors, redshirt sophomores out there that we have not discussed yet. Who's on your radar? Well, I may as well hit the elephant in the room, Nick Bosa. Um, I think uh, comparing him to Big Brother is the only way you can end up in the conversation. Uh, from a technique perspective, I think he's maybe a little further along at like hand usage than Joey was. But the end all is that Joey's just he's a bigger dude. I'm Big Brother's got the longer frame and. Uh, I think that's what made him like the the prospect that he was. But still, I think there, Nick is no slouch. Uh, I, like I said, he uses his hands to get himself free. 
the concern there is he's been a part-time player at OSU. I mean, no fault to him. It was Taekwon Lewis, Jalen Holmes, seniors that had stayed there was in his way a little bit, but he still won Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year. Um, I think, yeah, it's just uh, the pedigree. It's all going to result into a top ten pick no matter what he does. He could get into a bike accident right now and he'd still be a freaking first-rounder. I mean, just on what his brother's done. So, uh uh, he's in the conversation. I think Rashawn Gary, uh, freak show and unreal playing strength. Um, I think he's got scheme versatility. I don't, I don't care where you put him. He's going to be a player. I think he'd be most effective as that uh, defensive end and the odd front, kind of like the J.J. Watt type role. I'm not saying he's going to be J.J. Watt because uh, his motor's a little too hot and cold to be anything like that. But there's just those plays when he's running hot, he's wrecking things. Uh, and the bottom line, too, is he's going to show up here in Indianapolis to test through the roof. Uh, he's going to jump this gym and, like, close to 300 pounds. He'll have, a, you know, a sub-540 that opens eyes. And, yeah, I, I, but I think if you look at Gary, I believe we're seeing a player that hasn't scratched the surface yet of, like, what he really can be. And, I mean, I mean that as a total compliment. He is going to be uh, – he could, could be one of the best players from this whole draft class, and I, I definitely believe that. Um, uh, missing in action, Alaric Jackson, Iowa. I, I think that's the best tackle prospect I saw last year, but the problem is another friggin' knucklehead. I think he was suspended and missed their bowl game for a team rules violation, but he is draft eligible, redshirt sophomore, and I thought best player on the Iowa football field. Uh, just nice balance, refined footwork and the nice long arms you want to see at the tackle spot it's just uh, if he could get out of his own way and not tie his freaking shoelaces together uh you've got a real player there and then well you guys left me no fan of another freak show i think he's just a big receiver though the the problem here is like that's not an Iowa tight end that's not george kittle that's not theodorowicz i mean he's just a flexed out oversized wide out so Basically, that's this year's version of Mike Gesicki with probably less athleticism. I mean, the one thing Noah Fant does, he gets open, and it's it's a nice release. That he, like I said, he's just he's an overgrown wide receiver. So I would caution people not to get too carried away with him. Um, I like uh, well, I better get this guy out of the way. Victor Benjamin, he should be probably in breakouts and not like underclassmen. I don't even think. The world cares about Victor Benjamin, but I, I just see that that's my profile, man. I, A.J. Green, that's Stephen Diggs. That's the guy that's got the long, lean frame. Once he gets a few four or five long strides, that defender is just gasping for air and lost in his weight kind of thing. Uh, he quietly caught seven touchdowns as a sophomore last year. I think he and Johnny Dixon are just the deep threats that keeps Ohio State respectable. I mean, you just cannot leave those kids open. He's had some drops issues, but I think it, that's another kind of case. If he could just pull the string and turn the light bulb on, Victor Benjamin could be a real nasty player. And then the other Wisconsin lineman, uh, David Edwards, he's their right tackle. And I hear a lot of criticism, oh, you can't play tackle. You might have to move him inside. He's just, but. He's surviving on the right side and sees plenty of pass rushers over there. He was second-team All-American last year. I think he's a tackle in the league. I don't care what side it is. He's just 
too long. Uh, he's just got that length for days to where pass rushers, I don't care how well you bend, you're going to have to bend for seven straight yards. This guy is huge, and uh, I think he's a potential top 50 pick should he declare, and that's maybe just my crazy beliefs. But, uh, yeah, David Edwards is the, another reason, uh, like Rick was saying, Wisconsin is just poised for, uh, I think, a huge year. And then I'll close it out with another corner, um, Labert Hill. I think he'll be a true junior from Michigan there. That's a shutdown corner. And that from that defense, that pro style, I mean, either Wisconsin or Michigan, sign me up for those kids. So if it's Don Brown or if it's Jim Leonard, those are similar concepts to being running the pros. Uh, that Hill uh, showed up. He's only got one year of footage, so that's the knock on him. We'll see. We'll get the proof this season because he's going to be tested. Uh, quite a bit in really tight games, but that's a guy that just has the look of uh, a long-time starter on an island by himself. I think Laver Hill, Michigan, in store for a big season. All right. The uh, the names keep on flowing out and spewing out and uh, just banging you and bopping you with names you need to know with uh, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, Rick Saratella here. You there. Um Joe, before I go back over to Justin, you heard him say Ricky Stanley. I mean, Nathan Stanley is uh, the real deal. Uh, Your thoughts on the Iowa signal caller? I like him a lot better than Ricky Stanzi. I think he's actually got a a legit arm. But, boy, that name, it it just keeps haunting me. Some people say, oh, Ricky Stanzi's a player. Like, no, he ain't. No, he ain't. We got proof. <laughs> Where is that? Stanley, though, I think he's got a lot better footage. Um, I think he's made some actual NFL throws. And like I was saying earlier, though, uh, there's certain players that are coming out of that offense. Iowa, Michigan State, uh, Michigan to an extent, I guess it's changed now. But uh, I want a guy I know is already doing the drops that you're going to have to teach him. So Stanley, in my mind, is a guy that's got a head start over a lot of quarterback prospects right now and should be appealing to a number of teams. All right. Uh, one other junior that I'll throw out there that's come across my desk to keep an eye out for this um, Marcelino ball from your neck of the woods, Joe, Indiana out there, the Hoosiers. I don't think we've brought in any of those guys up yet, but a real good looking safety, six foot two ten, injury cut uh, season a year ago, but, uh, all Big Ten, freshman All-American, I believe, 75 tackles as a freshman, uh, size, length, closing ability, just a name to remember and keep a lookout for. A guy really not being talked about a lot right now, but Marcelino Ball from Indiana is a guy who could uh, really creep up and surprise some people in terms of how high he does get selected if he can prove to bounce back from that injury and be a hundred percent healthy. Now, um, Justin, before we get into some of the, uh, future players, I guess we'll call them. You heard Joe talk about Nick Bosa, Rashawn Gary. I've been on record to say that Rashawn Gary is going to have the most incredible, um, performance that we've ever seen in mankind in terms of the NFL scouting combine. I don't, I don't think there's ever going to be anybody. And I know we talked about the defensive tackle class and all the other great prospects in that class, but just in terms of size and speed, 
uh, Rashawn Gary, I mean, is really going to create a buzz for, him, for himself, I believe. I don't think we've ever seen a 300-pounder move that fast, change direction so fast. But uh, everybody's pretty quick to anoint Nick Bosa. A lot of people anointing him the top player in this year's draft-eligible class. I mean, uh, do you agree with that, Justin? And where are you in terms of the Gary-Bosa debate? For me, Bosa, I mean, it's still early, but Bosa right now just looks like that guy that you can't really find a weakness for. Uh, Joe said it. He's not maybe as long as his brother was, but I think he's a little more twitched up. Uh, You know, when when that ball snaps, the kid's got some some get up and go. And I think Joey was a little more slithery and finesse where Nick can get off the ball and he can outrace tackles to the edge. And I think his power – is almost unmatched in this class. I mean, you see him convert speed to power effortlessly. It's rare that you see him get blocked. Um, I've, I've watched and watched and watched. And I mean, he's beaten double teams. He's Even when guys beat him to the edge, he goes right through them. So right now, until you know, we dig more in-depth and we get a full another year of tape, I think Bosa's probably the top guy just because I cannot find a weakness with him. Um, Rashawn Gary is interesting because on tape you see – the freak athlete that, you know, everyone talks about. You see what this kid can be. And watching a guy that, even if he's only 280, watching a guy move like that is absolutely insane. My problem with him so far is, and again, Joe said it, or one, I think maybe Rick, I don't know who who said it, but he hasn't really scratched the surface of what he could become. Right now he just looks like an athlete, but it hasn't really translated into anything more than a pass rusher who wins sometimes with effort. It's like he has to try really hard to do everything he does when he shouldn't have to. Um, So Gary right now is definitely behind Bosa. And honestly, I don't know. I think the combine will be a big thing too because we're going to want to see what he weighs in at. If he comes in at 280, maybe he can just play 4-3 in. But if he comes in at 295, maybe he's that hybrid 5-tech, you know, strong side defensive end, kind of the guy you can move around all over the place. Because even at 280 – it doesn't really matter how strong you are. When you're going against a 320-pound guard, just the fact that you weigh 40 pounds less, you're getting moved off the ball. Um, it's just a fact. So, you know, his weight and his size, when he finally gets measured, will be a big thing that goes into my evaluation of him just because, I'm, you know, there's so many unknowns right now. But I think he's got to develop a lot more to his repertoire. I think he needs to con- learn to convert speed to power. And I think he needs to trust himself a little more. There's times when you see him beat a tackle upfield, and he tries to counter back inside when he had it beat. He just doesn't trust his technique yet. He doesn't trust himself, um, you know, leveraging the edge where the great pass rushers, even though it almost looks like they're even with a the tackle, they whip around that edge and, they, you know, they continue their, their rush up field where Gary just looks like that guy that's too raw still. He doesn't really know what he's doing yet. But, hey, I mean, that's part of development. That's part of being a freak athlete. He probably just doesn't understand – how to use all that athleticism that worked for him in high school yet, but in time it'll come. So, you know, Gary, he's up there. I think he's a top 30 player for me right now. I don't have too high, but Bosa, you know, there's just no weaknesses there. I got to put him up at the top. Uh, just the way it goes. I think he's Joey Bosa 2.0. Um, he'll win a little differently. He'll win a little more with speed and power than Bosa does with technique and fluidity, but they're both going to be, you know, freak shows in the NFL. All right, so there you have Justin weighing in on some of the top players here in the Big Ten Conference. How about some of these underclassmen or anybody else that we haven't discussed yet, Justin? Who else is on your radar 
circling around with that beep, 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 Devin Bush yeah. from Michigan, that really small – I mean, he's not too small. He's just short. But I think he's like 230 or 225, but he's only 5'10", 5'11". Um, he's not Deion Jones, but he's in that mold of guys that are going to sift through traffic well, avoid the trash, and get the, get the tackle. Um, a buddy of mine told me, you know, he kind of put it in terms like he's a tackling machine, but he doesn't really bring pop. He's kind of a catch-drag tackler. But he gets the job done. He's small, and, you know, it shows up here and there. But, I mean, sideline to sideline, the kid can run. He's amazing with his instincts. He he feels and flows to the ball really easily. Again, he's not going to take on blockers. That's just not going to be his game at his size. But, you know, if you can get him in a one-gap scheme that lets him shoot forward or you can put him at weak side and let him run and chase down plays, um, that's where he's going to excel. He'll have some limitations in coverage, being under six foot. But, again, you're going to take him for what he can do, and that is run sideline to sideline and chase down ball carriers, tight end, whoever. Guys that, you know, the, the wide receivers catching the intermediate routes and tosses, sweeps, whatever. This kid can run anything down. That is his game. So, I think, you know, some people are talking about a top ten player. I don't know about that. I don't even know if he's a first rounder, but – the fact of the matter is the kid can straight up play, and he looks probably like a weak side linebacker um, starter in the NFL. So take that for what you will. Um, the dude can ball. All right, there we have it, Justin Gamble, breaking down the prospects, dropping a hammer at him. Follow him on Twitter, at Gamscout. Of course, this guy, Joe Everett, at Joe W. Everett, never leaving a stone unturned, which is how I know he still has some more names for us. What do you got, Joe? Uh, we already brought up those sophomore backs. They're going to be big time. Shea Patterson, he's a potential breakout. Uh, Ohio State again. I'm sorry. I have to keep tapping this uh, Buckeye ATM. Baron Browning, I think he is next. I don't know if he's the new Shazier or the new Raquan McMillan or the new Laranitis, but Browning is going to lead the Buckeyes in tackles this year. I think uh, probably the, he's going to be regarded as one of the best linebackers this time next season when we do the show. It's just a sense of urgency he got. He sees the plays happen before he had a really big spring. I'm seeing NFL size at 6'3", 240. Uh, he's only a sophomore, but you heard it here first, Baron Browning is next. And then uh, this Wisconsin team, again, I'm sorry, but uh, they got a little receiver, and it ain't Quintez Cephas. It's Danny Davis the third. Uh, just didn't do much all year, but caught fire at the end of the season. Uh, the two games to watch, if you're interested, Big Ten Championship against Ohio State was matched up on Denzel Ward for a lot of the time. And he didn't have this great game, but some of the plays – he made against an NFL corner to me is is evidence of, of uh, some potential being there. And then uh, the bowl game they had against Miami, I don't know if he got two touchdowns or three touchdowns, but the kid just went off. Um, I think Danny Davis, Wisconsin, is going to emerge as a player for them. A lot depends, though, like Rick said, if uh, a lefty Hornibrook can get his act together and uh, uh, help facilitate that passing game, you know they got the running game in spades. So, uh, and then another Ohio State kid, we, uh, Chase Young, defensive end. He's another guy, end of the year, really starting to start blow up. And, and he's going to have to step up because it can't just be Bosa. Uh, Holmes, Lewis, they ain't coming back. They need another starter on the other side. And then uh, just a few more names that could just blow it up. Uh, quarterback at Purdue has long been a problem. David Blau, Elijah Sindler, 
sent Danny Etling packing, and the Patriots were interested somehow. But Jack Plummer, he uh, lit it up in the spring game. This kid just was throwing darts. He is from Arizona, last name Plummer, no relation to Jake the Snake. But uh, he's an early enrollee. He has a chance to play this season. I think Jack Plummer is the future of the Purdue offense, and then he's going to be throwing to Jackson Anthrop, the younger brother of Danny Anthrop, who is now sheriff. Danny Anthrop of the Lafayette Police Department, I found out. But uh, Jackson is a lot like Big Brother, uh, real dynamic slot presence, uh, very quick in space, and hopefully he can avoid the Purdue wide receiver curse of tearing your ACL before your junior year and ruining your career. So best of luck to you, Jackson Anthrop, and I'll close it out. Nebraska and Scott Frost, uh, the, the running game, the offense is going to happen. They've got a junior college transfer named Greg Bell the third. I think he is going to emerge as the lead back there. He's just going to steal the show, and uh, you know the kind of production they're they're capable of there. I think uh, that's a name that maybe we haven't heard of. I'm forgetting what community college he is from right now, but uh, that's a guy going to emerge from the shadows and lead Nebraska in uh, rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, Greg Bell the third. Wasn't there a Greg Bell for the Raiders uh, in the nineties? I mean, is that? Oh yeah, I, mean, I know. I, remember that. I don't know if he's related. Yeah. I mean, if there's a third, I'm just saying. Um, I, hey, Joe, <laughs> bloodlines, baby. I know you're on it. Um, you know, Jake Jack Plummer, get it right. He don't want to be confused over here. He's really uh, yeah. been out in front with that. You know, takes it personal, see? Uh, <laughs> Jeff George Jr., however, <laughs> Jeff George Jr., however, uh, for for Illinois, I don't think we've uh, spoken about them at all. So we'll just – not to say that he's heavily on the radar, but he's out there. He's a name. Um, some guys that are on my radar, though, that we have not spoken about, some underclassmen um, – one I can vouch for, one I have to do my homework on. I have been told to look out for this Jeremy Larkin from Northwestern running back. Um, I believe he's a sophomore, but from what I've been told, this guy is going to come out of the woodworks. You know, he was behind Justin Jackson there, four-year starter. Uh, Jeremy Larkin, a name worth watching, uh, someone I'm going to do my homework on. The other one I can vouch for is Raheem Blackshear. Um, okay, I have a scouting report up on the NFLDraftBible.com on him. Only 39 carries last year, 238 rushing yards, but I can genuinely say, you know, I'm a Rutgers homer. But, you know, I give it to you straight, folks. This this is the best running back they've had since Ray Rice, hands down. Explosive, fast, the fastest running back, uh, faster than Terrell Willis. How many how many people remember him? Um, yeah, I mean, he has a chance to be one of the all-time greats in Scarlet Knight history. That's how good he is. Now, whether his frame can hold up and can he be a feature back, he's kind of in that uh, Steve Slayton type of mold where, you know, he might be best utilized as a change of pace type of back. That remains to be seen, but True freshman impact player last year for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I think he's going to be one of the most explosive, if not the most explosive player in the Big Ten this year, buried there on the Scarlet Knights. And then 
Another Jersey guy I got to give a shout out to and, and be out in front on um, just because we, we did have a chance to interview him coming out of high school at DePaul Catholic here in New Jersey. We had a media day for some of the high school athletes. This guy, he could have had his pick of the litter. He could have went to any school in the nation. He chose Michigan. Um, and you want to know who's going to benefit the most from playing next to Rashawn Gary and on the side of Chase Winovich is going to be Michael Dwomfor. Michael Dwomfor. Remember that name. Uh, remember you heard it here first. He is going to be a big-time bust-out breakout player this upcoming season. I can guarantee you that. Um, so I'll leave you all hanging on that last tidbit there. I got about 30 seconds each for you guys. Parting shots. We'll go over to you, Joe, next week. We'll be back talking Pac-12 action, a lot of moving and shaking in that conference. But uh, give the people a final thought here before we go. I think this is the year Michigan wins it all. I, I oh, honestly believe it, guys. Take. Hot take, hot Most take. successful quarterback in the Harbaugh era is going to be Shea Patterson. This guy had Jake Rodock, John O'Corn, Wilton Spate, Shane Morris, Brandon Peters. All those guys are bums compared to Patterson. I know maybe he doesn't fit, but still, this is probably their most accurate player. They have the skill positions. Don Brown, I think he's if he's not the best defensive coordinator in the game today, he's first one I'm calling roll. Uh, Rashawn Gary, Winovich, Devin Bush, uh, Kalike Hudson's a stud. I love that Lavert Hill. Uh, nine starters on defense. They stole Ohio State's offensive line coach, Ed Warner. They're bringing back forward starting experience there. Don, uh, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, they've got mm-hmm. uh, things happening. The only tough spots is going to be season opener in South Bend against the Irish, and then the closer is in Columbus uh, against Ohio State. But those three games, those are the three spots. It's Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. They win them three. They're a lock for the playoffs, and uh, they could go all the way. I believe it's been three years of hype and noise, but this this is the year Harbaugh going to get it done. Man, well, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and – you know, I hope so because, you know, last time I saw Jim Harbaugh, he couldn't sit down. That seat was so hot. And, uh, you know, just a tease for next week, we'll talk about Chip Kelly more. But I saw them ask him yesterday about the tough schedule that uh, UCLA has coming up. He said, listen, if you're worrying about who we're scheduling, then you're worrying about the wrong things. You're not going to be successful anyway. Bring them on. Uh, Mike Leach had some words to say about that. But we'll get into that next week. Justin, final parting shots for the Big Ten this week. We'll be back next week with the Pac-12. Give the people a little something-something. Well, it's funny Joe brought up Michigan because what I was going to say was, you know, Shea Patterson this year has Higdon, the senior running back. He has Tariq Black, the 6'4 sophomore wide receiver, who was, I believe, the five-star recruit. Uh, And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, who, you know, is nicknamed the Freak, another, I believe, five-star guy, both true sophomores. But I think this will be a year for Patterson like Johnny Manziel had with Mike Evans, where Evans was directly tied to Manziel's draft stock, made him look good all year. And I think Black and Peoples-Jones are going to be those two guys that can really make Patterson um, look like an absolute stud, and they could really elevate his draft stock. They might be directly in control of how high this kid can go in the draft. So, you know, hey, maybe they lead. Maybe they help Patterson lead them to a national title this year, like Joe said. I don't know. But I know that they are definitely going to be in charge of 
how this Michigan offense works. So um, freak shows down in or up in Ann Arbor this year. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ohio State's going to have a little something to say about that. We shall see. It should be interesting. It should be fun. Uh, we have already have an OBJ in the NFL. Now we might have a DPJ with Donovan People Jones, but um, it's been another jam packed, action packed, can't stop, won't stop type of situation here on the NFL Draft Bible radio show 2019 B1G Big Ten Prospect Preview Show. Oh, hey now. Uh, Joe Everett, follow him at. Joe W. Everett. He is the director of operations here at the NFL Draft Bible. Make sure you follow this guy, Justin Gamble, the director of college football scouting at Gam Scout. I mean, he's just banging you, bopping you with hot takes, people making people upset, getting people angry, hurting their feelings and everything over there on Twitter. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, of course, <laughs> you know me, RIC in the place to be. Rick Saratella, talent like it is, always talent like it is when it comes to the NFL draft since 2002. You know how we do. Follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. We'll break it down next week with the Pac-12. Uh, can't stop, won't stop, everybody. Keep it locked till the next time. Appreciate y'all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.